God wants to bless his people, and today we're going to look at that even closer. And uh, before we go any further, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3, Malachi, go to the New Testament and then scoot back just one more, and you'll find Malachi. Okay, so pull up Malachi 3, and uh, we're going to start there. Um, The title today is What Test? And that was something that I, uh, that was a phrase that I uttered a lot when I was in school. What test? Uh, I remember I had a math teacher in the fourth grade who loved pop quizzes. And we would go into her class and she would want to do these drills. And, and, and I would be sitting there in my book. You remember the old, maybe they still do this, but it, it, in the book it would always have where you, you sign the front of your book. And then you could look back and see who was the doofus that, that colored all in your book. Well, whoever got my book, like, the next year, they're looking at my name, and they're like, I hate that boy. Because I would be in there drawing, like, stick dudes all, all, all the, uh, on the pages. And I'd be sitting there messing around with this book that the good taxpayers bought. And, um, and I would look up, and here would come the teacher with these tests. And she'd go laying them out, and I would go, huh? What are you doing is that for me, like, I will hand the tests out, but I don't want to take the test myself. What test? Um, so, anyway, um, let's look at Malachi 3 uh, and 6, and it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. Now, look at this. I think what God's saying here is, is, is you're not dead, okay, because I'm unchanging. I still love you or else, otherwise, I probably wouldn't be putting up with you. He's talking to some rebellious people here. Uh, o children of Jacob, have not perished. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have turned aside from my statutes. The, the King James Version Uh, says ordinances, which means ordinary behavior. Uh, If you look around, uh, if you go and go to City Hall, you can ask for ordinances, and they'll bring you ordinances for the city of Spring Hill. Uh, Things like um, no loud uh, music after 10 p.m., things like uh, a smoke ordinance. I had some, some neighbors uh, seemed like good folks, but I would come home from work every day and my couch would smell like burning leaves because I don't know what it was, but they would love to get a good pile of leaves and just, just smoke them dudes out. And it was just real nasty. And so there's a smoke ordinance in the city of Spring Hill where uh, if, if you're ever out there burning a pile of leaves and, and you look up and see some, uh, some of our finest coming up to talk to you, that's why, okay? And so ordinary behaviors, every, just about every town, every municipality, they have ordinances and they're ordinary things. Okay, so uh, you have turned aside from my statutes, my ordinances, and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Now, we're going we're gonna to le- read a lot of scripture today, okay? Is that okay? Can we, can we study the Bible? All right, cool. Um, so I want you to listen for the rest of this passage and, and note how many times God God says, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, he's wanting to make sure they understand who the message is coming from. 
But you say, how shall we return? Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. He's saying they've walked away from these ordinances. And they've walked away from doing the things that they were supposed to be doing under his blessing. And now they look around and they, they, they realize that they're living in a curse, okay? For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and thus put me to the test. Now, this is really neat because God literally just said, test me. He said, check me on this. Okay, let me finish this passage. Says the Lord of hosts, see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an, an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil and your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. You have spoken harsh words against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. What do we profit by keeping his command or by going about as mourners before the Lord of hosts? Now we count the arrogant happy. Evildoers not only prosper, but when they put God to the test, they escape. Okay, so that was a lot. <laughs> that, everybody, you can, look at, you can look at your neighbor right now if you want and say, that was a lot. All right, that was a lot of reading there. Okay, but we're going to break all that down. We're going to look at all that a little bit closer, okay, and I'm going to try to hurry. I know that we got we to gotta make the chavos, all right? But listen, one of the goals today, okay, so this whole series about tithing, listen, it's, it's a scary word. It's almost a bad word around, uh, even, even in churches. We're so scared to say the word tithe because, one, we, we are really worried about our treasure, okay? And two, it's been misrepresented. And so the, the whole purpose of this teaching, this series that we've been going through, is that we want to come to a biblical, everyone say biblical, Okay, we want to come to a biblical understanding of what giving is. Okay, all right, so the first thing today that we want to look at is uh, tithing is a test. Okay, tithing is a test. We know tithe means a tenth, okay? Ten percent, a penny on every dollar. Whether you make 30000 or 300000 it's the same percent, okay? Uh, now, watch this. This is where we get to, this is going to be fun, okay, because this is crowd participation. I can't do this by myself. All right, uh, uh, throughout the Bible, the number 10 was often associated with times of testing. Okay, so let's do this together. All right, everybody's awake, everybody's good. Roy, you good? Yep. All right, he's good. All right, how many plagues were there in Egypt? Come on, come on, let me hear you. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. All right. Uh, we could have we could have said uh, that. How many times did God test Pharaoh? Ten. Okay. So so let's let's all together. I'm going to ask you, and I want you to answer. All right. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? 
Come on. How many times uh, were Jacob's wages changed? How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are there in Revelation? How many disciples were there? What? All right. All right. Y'all did good. Y'all did good. I heard some tens out there. I told y'all, come to Miss Nelda's Sunday school class. All right. Man. Tithing is a two-way test, okay? Uh, this is the only place that I, that I know of in the Bible where God invites us to test him. Uh, the word try or prove comes from the method of testing metal to see if it is pure. So God is inviting us in this passage to test him to see if he's pure. You see, he wants to bless our lives. He wants us to walk in a new level of faith. He wants us to test. And he says it right there. He says, I can come in and defeat the enemy that is assailing you. I can defeat the enemy. He says, I can, I can stop the locust. How many times have we felt that attack coming into our home? How many times have we felt the attack of the enemy? Come on, we got to get real, church. When we see things like sickness, those kind of issues in our lives, in our families' lives, we need to call it what it is, an attack from Satan. Come on. And, and when, when we as Christians can stand up and, and, and not just look at sickness and death and hurt and, uh, and all those things that, are, that come about because we live in a fallen world, when we can begin to look at those things and call them what they are, symptoms of a fallen world, attacks from Satan, demonic oppression, when we can stand up and call those things what they are and invite God to come and fight those battles, come on, what, can, what kind of victory can we walk in in our homes with our families? And so that's what he's saying here. He's saying, watch what I can do. Let me get in there. You, you, you see the kid that said, come on, coach, put me in. Put me in, coach. When I was, I played baseball. You, you may not have known that. Um, but uh, I, 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 you, you should know that I played ball. I was in the third grade. And uh, I was pretty good at sitting. And um, so I would, uh, I was also very good at drawing in the dirt. And so I would stand in the outfield and I would draw in the dirt. And I made some really good drawings. But I always got mad at my coach. I'm like, coach, why don't you put me, like, put me in, dude? Put me up in the front, man. And uh, he's probably thinking, yeah, because they got a lot of dirt up there you can draw in, <laughs> you know. But I remember, put me in, coach. Come on. I'm ready. I would be sitting there and, and waiting. And I'm like, come on, coach. I want to do it. I want to do it. But the coach knew I couldn't handle it. And so I just think about God is, is ready to pour out blessing on our lives. Okay, and, and, and one thing that we keep reiterating every week is when we say bless life, when we teach tithe at community church, we don't teach that you give to get because that is unbiblical. Okay, but we do teach that God wants to bless. Okay, and so when we begin to give, when we begin to place our treasure in the kingdom, we walk in a new level of faith because it takes faith to give away that money that you have been breaking your back to bring home. 
All right? It takes a lot of faith to, to open your, your checkbook as soon as the paycheck comes in and write a tithe check and give that first. But we talked about the principle of first and how when we give that first fruit, which the Bible says give the first fruit, we talked about giving that first fruit redeems the rest. But that takes a lot of faith because you're thinking about big, scary things like Visa and Chrysler Capital. And um, if you got that premium Spring Hill water plan like I got, y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all, some of y'all Sarepta people are going, ours is $15. Okay. Y'all ain't got the premium water plan. All right, let me get off of that. All right, so tithing is a two-way test. It's the only place in the Bible that, that I know that God is saying, hey, you test me. And some people really struggle with, with the idea of tithing. And that's why we decided to not just preach about tithing for one week, because we thought about doing that. We were just going to do kind of a synopsis of all these lessons, do a one-week thing, talk about tithing. But I thought, you know what? I want my church to understand what the Bible really says. And I don't want my friends to walk in the same, uh, to stumble with this thing like I did. Because I really, really struggled with it. And I thought, well, the pastor just wants my money. He just wants my money. Listen, God doesn't need your money. Come on. They're, they're, not, they're not up in heaven looking around and, and, and looking at the streets of gold and saying, oh, we need some more paving material. You know, that's not happening. But God wants you to walk in blessing. Okay, so uh, a lot of people really struggle with this. I used to really struggle with this. And uh, uh, the, the thing that I argued, and probably the most frequent argument that I hear when people have a problem with tithing is that uh, they say it's an Old Testament thing. That we are no longer under the law. You know, Jesus came, he was a sacrifice, and he was the fulfillment of the law. And so people say, well, we're no longer under the law. We're Christians. Um, well, here's a question. Here's a question. Um, is it legal for me to steal? Is that okay? Um, what about uh, adultery? Is that, is that a cool thing? That's Okay, because those were all under the law. Those were Old Testament things. But, but we're not okay with them now. All right, so maybe... Maybe there are principles in the Bible that go from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Come on. The second thing, and we're going to stay on, we're going to stay on this for a little bit. Uh, tithing is biblical. Uh, if, if you, I don't want to say this. I want to say if you don't tithe, you're not a bad person. I was, when I was younger... I really struggled with, with tithing because Brittany and I were broke as a joke, okay? And it wasn't a funny joke either. Uh, we were broke. And it hurt me when my pastor and my other ministers would come to me and say, hey, you're not tithing. You need to tithe. It, it hurt because I felt like, man, I'm struggling, I'm really struggling. And so, listen, if you're not tithing, this teaching is not to tell you that you're a bad person. This teaching is not to tell you that you're in rebellion. This teaching is not to tell you you're going to hell. I've heard that. If you don't tithe, then I don't know if you really trust God with your soul. That's not what we're going for. Listen, we want you to walk in blessing. And I want you to know what the Bible says. 
Okay, so that's what this is. All right, Genesis 14 and 18 says, And King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, he's, he's, uh, he meets with Abraham. And now Abraham, you know, uh, the New Testament says Abraham is our spiritual father. Okay, and so Abraham has just gone and he's he's brought some uh, he's he's fought and he's won a battle. He's bringing plunder back and he, he meets King Melchizedek. And so uh, Melchizedek blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God, most high maker of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him one tenth of everything. This was 500 years before the law. So if tithing, well, tithing was fulfilled with the law, well, what in the world is Abraham doing? Okay? Uh, again, uh, Galatians says Abraham is our spiritual father. And Melchizedek in Hebrew, watch this, uh, is a type of Christ. Uh, many, th- many theologians believe that King Melchizedek actually was Jesus. Uh, uh, it says that he has no genealogy, no father, no mother, no beginning of days, no end of life. It's either Jesus or a type of Christ, okay? And so Abraham is giving this tenth to this type of Christ or possibly Jesus himself. Genesis 28 and 22, And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and all of that that you will give me I will surely uh, give one-tenth to you. This is Jacob is, is saying he's giving. This is 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27:30. all tithes from the land, whether the seed from the ground or the fruit from the tree are the Lord's. They are holy to the Lord. And, and, and let me say this again. Again, we are not teaching this because Community Church Northwestern is worried about cash. Listen, I invite you, if, even if you're not a member I invite you to come to this business meeting and listen. It will blow you away what God has done in this church. Listen, we had a board meeting, and <laughs> Pastor Daphne handed me some of these reports, and I said, wait. I said, can you? I, I said, come back. Come back. She's like going to get coffee. I said, can you read this to me? And she looked at me like, boy. <laughs> I said, can you explain this to me? Because I didn't, y'all, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't believe what I was seeing because it was such a blessing. And I, I thought I was misreading what I was looking at. But God is so big and so good. Sometimes it'll confuse a little old guy like me. Come on. And so that's, so, so listen, this is all about you. This is all about you and God and God blessing you. Deuteronomy 26 and 1 says, when you have come into the land that the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance to possess and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the sacred portion from the house, and I have given it to the Levites, the resident aliens, the orphans, and the widows in accordance with your entire commandment that you commanded me. I have neither transgressed or forgotten any of your commandments. So listen, God's telling them, not only just set apart this this tenth, but bring it 
to God's house. And we talked about this. When we give, we build the kingdom. We help build the kingdom. Jesus taught this. And that's why uh, we, we, we teach our children things like BGMC, speed the light. Come on. Um, one final thing, one final passage to just show you that tithing. And, y'all, one, one reason that I'm really staying on this is because of how badly I struggled with this, how badly I ran away from this biblical teaching years and years ago. And how I just didn't get it. And this is the one that messed me up. Because I have a redeemer. I have a redeemer that died for me. And we've got a teaching that we're getting ready to do that talks, that's going to teach you how Jesus literally was, was with you on the cross. You know that song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I'm going to show you through, I'm going to show you something that's, that will show you exactly how he was directly with you and he died on that cross. But this is what messed me up. When I ran away from the idea of tithing and I said, I can't afford it. God, you know, God, I'll just have to love God anyway. If Jesus himself said that you ought to tithe, would it still be unbiblical? Would it still be something that we struggle with? Matthew 23 and 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. This is Jesus Christ talking right now. The words in red. For you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. It is these you ought have practiced without neglecting the others. So, so Jesus is, is teaching us something here. We love, and we love big. Come on, we love to say it. Love big, love when it doesn't make sense. Love forward. Come on. But he says you can't throw out the rest of the law. You can't throw out the other, the other parts. And I just visited with a, a gentleman, and he, he, it was almost like he got mad. He asked me, he said, Pastor, what do, you, what do you believe about tithing? And I said, I believe that tithing is a biblical principle, and I believe that tithing is a way that we can step into a new kind of blessing that we've never experienced in our lives. And he got really angry with me. And he says, well, Jesus didn't tithe. Well, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus, and I thought, I don't know if you know him the way I know him. And listen, Hebrews, Hebrews says that Jesus himself receives that, that tithe. And so when we do this, this thing where you come down here to this box, come on, watch this. Let me get spiritual. Can I get spiritual? We should have an organ. <laughs> When we come down here and we lay that, that sacrifice down, come on. Hebrew says that Christ himself receives that. I don't know if there is a more personal thing that we can do than tithe when it comes to Jesus, our relationship with Christ. Because money 
is so powerful in your life. It can cause you to have all kinds of things that will hold you tight to this world. But when we don't, when, when we don't place our faith in our money, we place it in Jesus. Come on, I don't know if there's anything that can get me closer to Christ and trust in him with my treasure. Number three, tithing is a blessing. First Chronicles, this is so good. First Chronicles 31 and 4 says, He commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem. Uh, this is uh, King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah was reading over the law, and they, uh, Israel had gone through a lot of really crazy things. Hezekiah is reading the law. He realizes that they need to be giving. And so he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and Levites so that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the word spread, the people of Israel gave in abundance the first fruits of grain, wine, oil, and honey, and all of the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. The people of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also brought in the tithe of cattle and sheep and the tithe of the dedicated things that had been consecrated to the Lord their God, and laid them in heaps. In the third month, they began, listen to this, in the third month, this is how much these people gave. In the third month, they began to pile up the heaps and finish them in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the officials came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Hezekiah questioned the priests and Levites about the heaps. The chief priest, uh, Azariah, who was of the house of Zadok, answered him, Since they began to bring the contributions into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty to spare. For the Lord has blessed his people so that we have this great supply left over. The reason the king was questioning was because when he, when he saw how much had been given, it shocked him. And he thought, oh no, these people are going to starve to death because they gave everything they had. It shocked him. He was worried. And so he asked this chief priest if everyone was okay. And the chief priest, he says, king. He says, king. God is faithful and has blessed with a great abundance. This is just a tenth, sir. Uh, years ago, and I want to close with this, this story. As we begin to get ready to wrap up this teaching. Listen, we won't, we won't teach on tithing for a while after this because I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to confuse anyone. But we're going to teach on giving every Sunday because we want giving to be in your heart. And we can't walk with Christ without giving, okay? We can't have a successful marriage without giving. We can't raise children without giving, so we want to be a generous and a giving people. And I want you to remember that blessing doesn't mean money. Blessing means relationship with Christ. 
Bless, blessing means health. Blessing, can, it doesn't necessarily mean money. So when we say that God wants to pour out a blessed life on you, that's exactly what we mean, blessed life. And that's why we keep teaching this. Because I want my people to walk in this blessing where people look at it from the outside and they see how much you're giving and they go, what? How did you do that? And live. And then you get to say, come here. Come here. And teach them how good your God is. I was listening to Pastor Gary Sapp. Somebody knows him. I was listening to Pastor Gary talk one time. And uh, I was a very young minister, and I was still struggling with a lot of things. And, I, and there were a lot of things I didn't understand. And God had not opened my eyes to certain things. And, and guess what? There's still things that God's not opened my eyes to. We need to always be learning. But one thing I really struggled with way back then was tithing. And I was listening to Pastor Gary speak, and he was, he, Gary Sapp is, is the, like, he's the giving pastor. He can teach about this. He can speak about this. Um, and he was talking about how he and his wife give. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, I will never give like that. I can't. I can't do it. I will never be there. I will never be able to afford that. Let me tell you something. If you don't give because you can't afford to, then you never will. Stepping into faith, watch this. This is what God said in that very first passage we read. When we step into faith and we give, that's when the abundance is poured out. He said, I will stomp on the locust that is getting ready to tear up your field and watch what happens. He said, watch, test me and see how I can bless you. And so Brittany and I, we prayed and we decided to do something. And I'm so thankful that God is, God is faithful. God is so good. We, we tithed off and on. We tithed. Uh, we gave, but we didn't give first with priority. And so last year, we, we were tithing, we were giving. And I said, Brittany, we, we began to start studying this, this stuff right here, what we've been going over. And I said, Brittany, let's, let's really get serious with our giving. And let's not just give, but let's give first. And let's give more than we've ever given. And let's just see what we can do. And... We, <laughs> I think both of us kind of thought, whoa, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of money that we're giving away. But listen, that's, that's what we get stuck on. It's our money. Come on. It's God's money. He's given us stewardship. And so we, so we began to give, and we challenged the church to do, to do this, and, I, and I've heard testimonies from this. But the beginning of this year, or, or last year, come on, y'all, it's January, um, you made it. Congratulations. Come on. You made it through 2020. Now keep going. All right. So at the beginning of 2020, we said we're going to give first and we're going to give more. Two things. All right. We'd already been giving, but we, we'd, we'd send, we'd, we'd pay tithe on, on, 
an off week or whatever. And, and there were times that we missed that 10% mark. And so we said, we're going to give first. And we're going to give more. And so we began to give. And I thought, I don't know how we're going to afford this. And we started giving. And let me tell you what started happening. We were at a place in our life where there were some things going on where we were, we were worried about the future. Um, the church had gone through some, some stuff. The church had gone through some serious stuff. And I was going through some things with my career. And let me tell you something. While the world burned around us, quite literally, 2020 was the most blessed year. It was the most, we had more blessings pouring out in our home than any other year before. What changed? God doesn't change. He stays the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. What changed? We did. We began to give faithfully. We began to walk in that faith. And just like he said he would do, just like he said he would do, he blessed us. And he continues to bless our family. And, and, and again, listen to this. We're not talking about money. So I'll challenge you, just like we did last year, as we begin this year. I want to challenge you to test God. Do it. I think he can handle it. God's not like little fourth grader JB where the teacher puts the, puts the, the test down on the desk and he goes, oh, that's not him, okay? I challenge you, test God. See what he can do. See what he can do. And if, listen, if, it, if, you, if you give and you walk in that faith and you're not blessed, then you come talk to me. And I'll stand up here and I'll say, hey, they gave faithfully and did all this and God didn't bless them. That's how serious I believe in this. God's going to bless you. Some way, somehow. Probably, it may not be, probably won't be money. People think that. They teach this prosperity gospel where you give and you're just going to be filthy rich. No. But you're going to be blessed. Some, somehow. May not be money. Um, but I want to be a giver. I want to be faithful. And it's okay for you to put God at the test in that way. He said, do it. He wants to bless you. So if you will, stand with me this morning. God, make us faithful.